0: 2 Kings chapter 4, verse number 1. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. Thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. The creditor is come to take away my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. When thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shalt pour out into all those vessels and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him, shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. It came to pass when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And then the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil, pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest, or off of what is left. Amen. How many of you have heard this preached before? You've familiar, you've read about it, you've heard about it in Sunday school. This is not a new account of scripture to us, but I want to preach for just, again, a few minutes tonight on this thought. There is more to the miracle. Amen. Tell somebody next to you, there's more to this miracle. Amen. God bless you. You could be seated. I believe there's more to the miracle that God started this week. Last night was great, but that's only the beginning. There's more to this miracle. Amen. We've seen healings. We've seen deliverance. We've Uh, We pastor's been getting texts as he's relayed them to you of people that have been healed physically and emotionally and mentally, but there's more to this miracle. There's been financial miracles that have taken place this week, and um, I, I don't know the amount That's your pastor can share that with you, but that's the beginning. There's more to this miracle. Amen. I asked the church back home, how many of you would be willing for God to make you a conduit for financial miracles to flow? God, you can trust me with a million dollar blessing. I'll remember your... Now, how many of you would be willing to let God use you as a conduit for financial? He's got to use somebody. Why Why not let it be you? Amen. Why not let it be me? There's more to the miracle. Undoubtedly, this miracle that we read of in 2 Kings chapter 4 is one of the most incredible miracles in the scripture, and particularly of the Old Testament. We know the New Testament, there is kind of a opening, if you would, into the portal of the miraculous. But even in the Old Testament, there were miracles. And in my opinion, this is one of the most incredible miracles that we find in the scripture. Depending on what you might define as a miracle and different theologians and Bible scholars, they they would uh, differentiate. And some say that Elisha worked seven miracles. Some say 14, others say 28. No matter where you fall in that range, if you say seven miracles then this was the second of those seven miracles. If you're of the opinion that Elisha worked 14, this would be the fourth of those miracles. And if you're of the opinion that there were 28 notable miracles performed through Elisha, then this would be the sixth of 28. So regardless of what our benchmark is for determining the miraculous, the point is that this miracle was one of the initial or early miracles in the ministry of Elisha. And as we study this great miracle, there are many different incredible points that we could point out tonight. Fundamentally, though, the story of the multiplied oil, this widowed mother and her two boys are facing an impossible situation. Her husband has died and she has no source. She has no resource to pay the bills. And the Bible says the creditor has come. She knows that unless there is a solution that she is not Right now, aware of unless there is a solution, a source of provision that can be supplied. She knows that her sons are going to be indentured as servants and they will be slaves to pay off the debt that she owes, having nowhere to turn and nobody to run to. The Bible tells us that she goes and she finds Elisha, the man of God. She finds the prophet Elisha and she tells him the details of her dilemma. The man of God responds with a simple question. What do you have in the house? I came tonight to ask Calvary, what do you have in the house? Amen. What's in the house tonight? Amen. The amplified version of the Bible poses that question. It maybe gives a little more insight into taking that phrase out of its original Hebrew and putting it into English when it says it this way. What do you have of value in your house? Now, whether he was asking her, is that the only thing that you've got left or is that the only thing of value that you've got left? That woman opened her mouth and she gave the right answer when she said, the only thing that I've got or the only thing that I've got in my house that has any value is the oil. We understand that Old Testament typology of oil is a symbol and a type of the Holy Ghost. And I think in 2021, the church is going to have to get honest and recognize the only thing that we have that is of any value. The only thing that we have that can help our hurting world today. The only thing that we have in this building tonight that is of any value is the oil. It is when the Holy Ghost begins to move. The only resource that we have that will satisfy the taskmaster, that will cancel the debt, is the oil, amen? It's not talent, it's not ability. It's not our programs, and I'm not against any of that. We need all of it. But the only thing when you boil it all down that really has value, we've got to have the oil. We need the oil in the balcony. We need the oil on the floor. We need the oil on the platform. We need the oil in the pulpit. I think I heard a preacher preach Thursday night about some people bringing the oil. I think Calvary brought the oil all week long. Why? Because it's the only thing we've got that has any value. I would say, if we lose the oil, we've lost everything. If we show up, I don't you might have the same title on the building outside, but if we lose the oil, we've lost everything. We used to sing the old songs about the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost and Fire, and it's keeping me alive. Anybody remember the old ones? I've got the Holy Ghost down in my soul, just like the Bible says. I've been to the water and I've been baptized. My soul got happy and I'm satisfied. I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Anybody still thankful for the oil? Anybody still believe that when there's oil in the house, anything is possible? I believe as the prophet posed that question to that mother, what do you have left in your house? What is it of value that you have in your house? I believe those two boys were standing over in the corner of the room trying to stay out of any window where the creditor might be passing by and catch a glimpse of them in the house. But I believe they overheard Pastor Carson the conversation. They heard the man of God ask their mother, uh, amen. They knew what was on the line. They knew uh, that, that, they knew what it meant if the bill wasn't paid. They knew that if a remedy wasn't discovered uh, and a solution wasn't found, uh, amen, this wasn't just we need to have good church, uh, amen, this was life on the line, uh, amen, this is either I'm going to be free or I'm going to be a slave. Can I tell you, the Holy Ghost is not just about having good church. The Holy Ghost is not about feeling chill bumps or clapping our hands or jumping up and down. Amen. Either you're free or you're a slave. Either you've been set free or you are a slave to sin. And the only thing that can make the difference is the oil. Every time we come together, there's got to be oil. Every time we come together, there's got to be oil because somebody's hanging in the balance. Somebody is hanging in the balance. They don't need another good song and a good sermon. They need the oil to flow down to where they're at. Somebody clap your hands right now and thank you for the oil. Somebody shout a little bit and thank you. Hey, there's oil flowing in this building. Since Pastor preached Thursday night, there's been oil on everything that's happened in this place. I, I feel like those two boys hiding over in the corner out of eyesight, but not out of earshot. When that preacher said to that mama, what do you have that's of value in your home? They knew what was on the line, and they were waiting to hear what mama's response was going to be. And when mama said, the answer is oil, can I tell you, amen, our children need to know that the most valuable thing in our homes is the oil. Your children need to hear you talk about the Holy Ghost, not just on Sunday morning, not just on Sunday night, not on special revival Monday night. Let me tell you why this family is blessed. It's because of the oil. It's not because of my college degree. It's not because of my career. It's not because of the car I drive. It's not the home that we live in, but it's the oil. Somebody thank the Lord right now. Cameron, I'm glad you're going to Bible college. I'm proud of you. I love you, but I hope my life has demonstrated for you that the greatest thing that has happened in my life is not preaching a conference, amen. It's not the accolades that people might have given me, but I pray if you've seen anything out of your mom and I, it's that we value the Holy Ghost, that we value the oil. Somebody ought to thank him, right? You need, your kids need to see you dance. Your kids need to see you run down to this altar and cry hot tears because you're thankful for the oil. Come on, I know it's Wednesday night. I Believe it or not, I'm already almost done. I wish every parent in this building right now would stand on your feet and give God some praise. You might make six figures on your job, but the Holy Ghost is the most valuable thing in your home. You might have a bachelor's, you might have a PhD, but this generation following you needs to know the only real thing of value that I have is the Holy Ghost. Come on, I remember i remember where you brought me from i remember how you picked me up from the miry clay you turned me around and set my feet on the rock to stay I'm thankful that my dad didn't hide from me his testimony. I'm thankful that I could hear him in the living room on Tuesday mornings and Wednesday mornings speaking in other tongues and thanking God for the oil. I'm thankful he didn't try to make me think it was something he had achieved on his job. I'm thankful he didn't try to make me think it was his pedigree. But I'm thankful every time he had a chance, he reminded me the only valuable thing we have is the oil. Come on, without the Holy Ghost, where would you be? Without the oil, where would you be? Without the oil, where would you be? What condition would your life be in if it weren't for the oil? I was reading about Lot the other day. I was reading about Lot in the book of Genesis when the angels came to Sodom and Gomorrah to tell him the news of His city's impending destruction. Lot had become so entangled in his present world that was ravaged by sin. That it was his uncle that wasn't even from that city that interceded. His uncle that wasn't even from his city interceded that God would save it while Lot bartered to stay. Abraham, who wasn't even from his city, interceded. God saved that city while Lot did everything he could to stay in that city. Listen, I thank God. I, I, I love Indianapolis. We've eaten good. you got some great things going on, uh, but we've got to intercede for our city. Huh? Amen, because when that trumpet sounds, I'm not planning to stay. I don't care. If you want Indianapolis after the trumpet sounds, you can have, I don't live here, but you can have whatever I got here. If I'm in town visiting, you can have my hotel room. You can have my suitcase. I, when the trumpet sounds, I'm out of here. This world is not my home. The only thing I have is the oil. Amen. The oil is the only thing. We've got the oil. Tell your neighbor, we've got the oil. The oil was the answer for that widow. And it's still the answer for the church today. It's the answer for my family. And I'll be honest with you. I don't want to be in a church where there's no oil. I'd rather sit home and watch football on Sunday morning, to be honest with you, than go to a church where there's no oil. Now don't misconstrue me. I'm not going to stay home from church because I'm going to a church where there's oil. Amen. I'd rather go home and watch football on Sunday than go to a church that the most valuable thing in that building is the quality of the performance on the stage. Amen. I'm not here to perform. I'm not here to be entertained. I'm here because I need some more oil. I need the Holy Ghost. I need an anointed preacher to get up behind the pulpit and declare, thus saith the Lord. I need an anointed worship team to get up there and lead me into the presence of God. response of the prophet, he says, go borrow vessels. you got oil. Now go borrow vessels, even empty vessels, and then he says, borrow not a few. In other words, go get every vessel you can get. I, I've been able to, uh, I got access to some incredible commentary on this portion of scripture. Amen. Not every vessel was empty. He said, go get all the vessels you can get, even some of them that are going to be empty. That means not every vessel was empty. There were going to be some vessels that had other other substances inside of them but he said i don't don't judge the vessel by what it's got on the inside of it right now you just bring the vessel that vessel may be filled with the residue of regret that vessel might be filled up with shame that vessel might be filled up with guilt that vessel might be marred by addictions it doesn't matter you bring every vessel you can get bring every vessel Some of them might even be empty. And we know the story. They brought back the vessels. Now I envision the house is filled with empty clay pots. There's pots. There's pitchers. There's bowls. There's cups. There's vessels of every size and shape. Every floor in the house. Can you imagine it in your mind right now as we walk into the home of this widowed mother? Her two sons standing off to the side helping her carry those vessels in and every countertop is stacked high with empty vessels. The floor of the house is covered with vessels. Amen. And then that prophet told her once you bring those vessels in you begin to pour and she took that pitcher of oil all that she had left the only thing of value in her world and she began to pour and when she got to the end of that first vessel and it was brimming to the top with oil she pushed it to the side and began to pour into the next vessel and when that vessel was full she pushed it to the side and poured into the next vessel every cup, every jar, every pitcher, every bowl brimming to the top with oil hey amen that is a great miracle i believe god is going to do that for this church i want you to thank him in advance for your coworker that's going to come and get full of oil he said as long as you keep bringing him i'll keep filling him As long as you keep bringing them, I'll fill them up. It doesn't matter where they come from. It doesn't matter what their background is, how broken they might be. If you will bring them, I'll fill them. And I thank God for the oil. I want want every person in the church that I pastor to be full of the oil. Brother Carson, every time I step to the pulpit of of the congregation that God has blessed me to serve, I, I want to give them a word. I want our worship team to create an atmosphere where when they walk out those doors, they might have come in empty, but they're leaving full. They might have come in broken, but they're going to leave with oil splashing over the top. They're going to leave full of the Holy Ghost. I want every vessel that enters into our buildings to be full, to leave full of the Holy Ghost. And I believe that in the process, as those boys handed their mom an empty jar and she handed it back to them full of oil. That, that oil that was a type of the Holy Ghost also became a type of a testimony. Amen. That those boys watched as the, their widowed mother, amen, poured oil from one jar that was almost empty. And she filled up every vessel in that room. And they watched a mighty God multiply. They watched supernatural provision as she poured out of that jar into vessel after vessel. Amen. It was a testimony of supernatural provision. It was a testimony of multiplied value and a supernatural outpour. How many of you got a testimony in this house? How many of you ever watched God multiply and do things you never thought he could do? Come on, anybody in the building that you thought God was finished and God just outdid what he'd already done? (laughs) Come on, somebody tonight, anybody got a testimony? He's been better to me than I deserve. He's given me more than I deserve. He's given to me good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. If you got a testimony, I want you to give God a little bit of praise. Imagine the expressions on the faces of those sons as she pours into one jar and then into another, and then 10, and then 20, and then 90, and 100, and 200. I don't know how many vessels it was, but as long as she kept pouring, it just kept on filling them up. What a testimony to be. Amen. What a testimony that house was. Amen. To the power of God. Most often when I have preached and I've heard this testimony, this miracle preached, that's been the culmination of the miracle that the oil just kept on being multiplied that is as long as she poured the oil kept on being multiplied amen as long as she poured more and more and more oil and the vessels continued to be filled but I began to understand there's more to this miracle amen amen there's more to the miracle amen so she runs back to the man of God she goes back to the man of God and I believe that this time her approach is a little bit different Last time, the Bible says she cried unto the prophet. It wasn't. There was terror in her voice. There was worry in her voice because she didn't have an answer. This time there's enthusiasm and excitement because she has just witnessed the oil that never ran out, the oil that continued to be multiplied. Man of God, Elisha, you'll never believe what's been happening in my house. You'll never believe. Amen. I've got people calling me. What's going on in Indianapolis? Somebody this morning called me. What is going on in Indianapolis? What is happening at Calvary? There's oil in the house. Amen. There were people healed last night. All week long, people have been delivered. All week long, there's been liberty. There's been people getting baptized, people receiving the Holy Ghost. That ought to put some excitement in our voices. You'll never believe what God is doing. Man of God, you'll never believe what's been happening in my house. But there's more to the miracle because those creditors. They weren't coming for oil oil meant nothing. They weren't getting ready to have a a pancake cookout. They, They didn't care about oil. The house was full of oil, but that's not what they were coming for. The oil meant nothing to the creditor. So just having a house full of oil was not the end of the miracle. It was not even the fulfillment of the miracle. It was the setup for the miracle having churches that we have everybody in the church filled with the Holy Ghost. And every time we come together, there's tongues and interpretation and there's liberty in worship and the preacher preaches an anointed word of God, but there's more to the miracle. That's only a setup to what God wants to do in this city. Now she's got jars of oil stacked all throughout the house. That means nothing to if they would have walked up to that door and knocked on the door and opened up and she said, look, I've got oil. Those creditors would have said, well, now we've got your sons. Good luck with your oil. We got your boys they weren't there for oil oil meant nothing to them the miracle wasn't finished just because the house was full of oil the miracle was not fulfilled just because the house was full of oil and we can get so happy and excited because and i thank god for it what an incredible overflow of god last night literally it overflowed we all were out in the streets and causing a scene in the parking lot over there that was awesome IBC was over in the parking lot people standing on their balcony looking down like I think it was a lot like acts when they said are these men drunk Because it was an overflow this building could not contain what God was doing. It was an overflow of oil and I thank God for it. I thank God for what he's doing, but that is not all there is to the miracle There's more to the miracle a church that is filled with oil is great, but there's more to the miracle A church where we sit around and tell one another of our testimonies of the good things that God has done. That's awesome, but there's more to the miracle. That's not the end of the miracle. It's only the beginning because the prophet looked back at that mama with a house full of oil, with vessels stacked on top of each other full of oil, with testimonies of the provision of God. And he said, here's the deal. It's not over. Now you've got to sell the oil. You've got to take what you've got in here, and you've got to get it in the hands of everybody out there. You've got to take the testimonies that are in here, and you've got to get them in the hands of everybody out there. Hey, Calvary, I thank God for what he's doing in here, but the miracle, there's more to the miracle. We've got to get the miracle out there. I thank God for everybody that's been healed this week. That's awesome, that's great. We've got testimonies, but now we've gotta take what God did in here and we've gotta get it out there. Stand with me, it's never been God's intentions that we walk into churches that are piled to the ceiling with oil. We just walk in and have a shout down and a preach out and. Altars are full, and that's great. It's awesome. We need to stay full of oil, but that's only the beginning. There's more to the miracle. We've got to take what God is doing in here, and we've got to take it out to our world. Amen. We've got to be ambassadors of the oil. We've got to be salesmen, if you would, of the oil. Would you raise your hands with me? I'm not a salesman, but I know rule number one of sales is you can't sell something you're not convinced of yourself. If you don't believe the value of the Holy Ghost, you'll never sell it to somebody else. If you don't believe the Holy Ghost is the best thing that ever happened to you, you're never gonna convince that drug addict that it can deliver them. If you don't believe the Holy Ghost is the only thing separating you and the man in the gutter, you'll never convince that homeless person that Jesus has the answer for them. You'll never do it. And I thank God tonight for the oil, but I feel like tonight God is saying, Calvary, I filled this place with oil. It's overflow. You can't barely even move without feeling oil sloshing all around. Uh, Amen. You shake somebody's hand and oil, just the residue of oil flows over. I thank God for it. But there's more to the miracle. So the first thing I want us to do, if you're convinced of the value of the oil, I want you to raise your hand. If you really believe it, The best thing that ever happened to me was the day that Jesus filled me with the Holy Ghost. The best day of my life wasn't when I walked across that Platform and got my high school diploma or my college degree. That wasn't the best day of my life It wasn't even when I stood at an altar and said I do with my best friend and my wife That's not my best day My best day is when I stood at an altar and I repented of my sin and that precious oil began to flow over my life I'm convinced of the power of the Holy Ghost It's the answer what good is it if Sunday morning we show up and every… I like the way pastor said it, God didn't give us a seat without somebody to fill it. That's something close to that. Every seat. I want you to look around you. Every seat. That furthest seat back in the corner of the balcony, there's somebody to fit in that seat. But what good is it if we walk in this Sunday morning and every seat is full? And we've all got the Holy Ghost and we've all got testimonies. And and we come and the, the praise team gets up and the Spirit of God begins to move and we dance and shout. And the preacher gets up and preaches, and the Holy Ghost flows, and the Spirit of God moves, and, and then we come back next week and we do it all over again. And the week after that we do it all over again, and the week after and so on and so forth. There's more to the miracle. It's time that the church, we're living, how many of you believe we're living in the last days? Amen. I, I don't have to convince you. All you got to do is read your Bible, read Daniel and Revelation, and then look at any news source you want to look at. And it would tell you we're living in the last days. But I don't read of a God who said the last days is going to be a defeated church. Amen. In the last days, saith God, I'm going to pour out oil upon all flesh. So I need some salesmen all across this room. It's not enough for me to have oil. I've got to sell oil. It's not enough that I've got the Holy Ghost. There's more to the miracle, Calvary. This is only the beginning. That attendant at the gas station is coming. That waiter at the restaurant is coming, but you got to sell them the oil. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Let me tell you about the oil. Let me tell you what the oil can do. I remember when I was a widow. I remember when I didn't have the provision to pay the debt. I remember when I didn't have an answer, but Jesus found me, and if he did it for me, he can do it for you. I want you to begin to raise your hands all across this building, and I want you to let God lay somebody on your soul right now. I want you to let God put somebody in your mind right now that you're going to take the oil to them. The miracle is not complete until we get what we've got in here and we get it out to our world. Come on, IBC, you don't have to wait until you get your degree. You got the oil right now. You got the oil right now. Let's get the oil out there to our world. There's more to this miracle than just these three nights of revival. There's more than just this building being filled up. There's more. Somebody raise your hands, God, use me. You may never stand behind this pulpit. You may never hold a microphone. You may never join the praise team. You may never sing in the choir. You may never pick up the instrument and play it before the church, but I'm telling you, if you'll become convinced that the Holy Ghost is the best thing that's ever happened to you, there's somebody in your world that is waiting on you to get this oil that you've got and take it to them. Come on, would you pray one with another right now? Let's let an old-fashioned burden sweep through this place, an old-fashioned burden to reach the lost. come on mom and dad let your children see you weep at an altar Lord I thank you for the oil and I thank you